The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. All right, boys and girls, my name is Nubias Wilborn. The name of the show is Beer It Is, and we are doing our holiday wrap-up show. And I'm one of my favorite brewers. I don't just say this because the asshole brewer is actually sitting next to me, but Jesus because Christ. I like the beer so much, and he's such a great guy. I am here with my man Scott at Burnt Hickory. So, what, what is this? Is this we on Beer Street Journal right now? No, not Beer Street. Are you Ale Sharpton? I don't. Well, you know, they say all the brothers. They say all the brothers look alike. So I mean, all, well, today all the beers look alike. They're all dark. They all dark. Well, I happen to love dark, robust. Yeah. No, you don't look. You don't look anything. Ale Sharpton. <laughs> Ale Sharpton's like pretty handsome. Oh, oh that's, that's cold. cold. That's cold. That's cold. Butter. But who's hotter? Ale Sharpton or Nubias? Fair enough. <laughs> and I just had ale on last. And for week, all you man. lovely ladies at home looking at it, if you like Isaac Hayes, Nubias kind of looks like the the the, the, uh, the Black Moses. There we go, man. I got the beard going though, so we're rocking and rolling. But anyway, so man, we're here. At one of my favorite breweries, no jokes, um, Burnt Hickory in Kennesaw. And we had him on one of the early episodes. Now we're back. Just kind of wrap up. And Scott's going to tell us a few things that they have coming up for the winter and going into next well, year. Is winter ever going to make it? That's my first question. Yeah, right. I mean, look, we're here. It's like they- 70 degrees the day after Thanksgiving. It's like 70 degrees. But we, it is Black Friday, so we're having our our whole taps today are all nothing but uh, porters and stouts. A lot of them just, just one-offs one for today. Um, moving ahead, um, with, our, with our demand that we're seeing, we're seeing that a lot of our, well, for instance, like people are like, where's charred walls of the dam? Charred walls of the dam, we didn't want to push it, so we're letting it sit. Same mm. thing with barrel-aged coals, what we're drinking today, the coals farm that's in the barrel. Yes. We brought some of it out enough to make a six-hole to pour it to sample it, but we still think it's going to ride a little bit. So you're going to start seeing... Maybe not as many releases from us lumped on each other, but more spread out. Like, we're looking with our brew calendar coming up. Our next release is going to be the Noggin Knocker, which is mm. limited. And that's hopefully going to be in two weeks. That's going to be right at Christmas. We're going to have a... No- we're going to December have a 10th. We think it's... Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure that part out. But um, from there... You just can't... That's my baby gorilla. But, yeah, but uh, Noggin Knocker, yeah, well, he marked the 10th up there. It may change, but we'll see. Anyway, longer, longer story short... Uh, where we got the Courageous Conductors now going to officially become our Christmas beer. Ooh, uh, it, in previous years, it was the Erie Vaughn. We're still going to have some Erie Vaughn. It's just that Erie Vaughn's hard to package because it has apples in it. And I really don't want to put it in bottles because we'd be making bombs. Right. So and I don't need the NSA down here because we're blowing up places. Yeah, because those wild ales, they get a little... Yeah, well, the apples, the apples go crazy. You know, it's okay in a keg, but a bottle. And, you know, we really want to keep our QC solid. So the Courageous Conductor is now going to become the Christmas beer. Okay, so you mentioned two beers. Explain to us. We'll start with the Noggin Knocker. I like that beer, but the audience may not know what it is. Explain to us oh, what Oh, Noggin Knockers are eggnog milk style. It's one of my original, uh, very original uh, homebrew recipes from like 10 years ago. It's mm-hmm. a big, big milk style. It's 13%. Uh, we had vanilla. We had uh, basically everything you would find in, a, in an eggnog, nutmeg, allspice, all lactose, milk, sugar, and vanilla into it, and a little bit. Of, and we're soaking rum spirals right now. We've had them soaking for a couple months, and so we're going to put those in in the beer. We're starting sitting now. We're only going to make 90, 90 gallons of it this year. Right. One because our tanks are too busy being amazingly full with Shani, Dragger, Zeke, and we have a rotating tank now set up that's going to be 
Once we got conductor out of it on Monday, Fighting Bishop's going to go in. After Fighting Bishop's out, we got Old Woodenhead. So between now and probably mid-January, you're going to see Fighting Bishop return and Old Woodenhead, which is our our big double IPA, the 10% IPA. Nice. And again, this is Tobias Wilborn here. Four beer it is for our holiday wrap-up condition. We're going all over the place, talking to different brewers. And back here at Burnt Hickory in Kennesaw. Kennesaw, Georgia. Up in the mountain area of the state, man. Yeah, there's and, one mountain here. Well, you know, mountainous. It's mountainous, yeah. It's, mountainous. A little, it's a little curvy up here. What? I like curvy. And yeah, I like dark and chocolate. So, yeah, so it's that's Fr- why. It's Black Friday, so I figure, you know, why not bring out some of the, I mean, we've literally got like nine, nine to ten different dark beers on. Wow. Yeah. And, and so you mentioned that beer that had the red velvet. Yeah, that's the greatest conductor. Okay, so man, is that for the brothers, man? Because you know, brothers love the red velvet cake, man. They do. Yes. Well, not I wonder why you're here. Well, that's why I like it so much. Well, that's why I like it. Yeah, See? Now, uh, the greatest <laughs> conductor is um, here in Kennesaw. The local lore is that during the Civil War, there was a guy named William Fuller, and I'll tell the story short. Who was a conductor on the on the train that went from Atlanta to Chattanooga? His girlfriend tells him, "Every all the other men in town have joined the army, Confederate army. You need to join too." So he goes off to the off the recruitment office. They tell him, "No, we need you on the train. The train's more important to keep running, keep supplies between Chattanooga and Atlanta." So he has to basically gets dumped. So he's you know he's basically just a conductor on this train, <laughs> and he, and lo and behold, these Union spies come down and. And hijack the train, and he chases it down like those little pump carts. Chases it down, and gets the train back. It's a true story. They made a Buster Keaton made a movie of it in the twenties. Uh, Disney made a movie of it called The Great Locomotive Chase in the fifties. So it's one. Of, wow. It's a local lore, and it's nothing really to do with the kind of the creepy evil side of the Civil War. But this is more kind of a guy's one guy trying to you know prove that he is he's manly. Know, he's, he's, well, he's, he saw him. He's a little skinny guy, <laughs> little skinny guy. But he was in love with his train so much, the general, that he had to go, go get it. Plus the courageous conductor, and porters are beers that were made for the conductors on the trains yes. in England. So our our porter is na- named after this local conductor. So it's kind of a good porter conductor, back, yeah, yes. So, with the backstory, but you go to downtown Kennesaw. There's all these you know statues to William Fuller and the train, the actual engines down there. It's a it's a it's it, it's a it's one of the better local lore stories from the Civil War because basically Kennesaw during the Civil War. Was the only battle the Confederates could say they actually had any kind of forward progress in, and then they Jeez. basically they basically just pissed off Sherman here, and then he went around the mountain and then burned. You know what happened? Right, right, right. Twelve minutes is the whole story of Sherman he, coming through Atlanta. Oh yeah, and all yeah, oh, yeah. He yeah. came through and he had a big barbecue. But right. you, know, you know, and I don't want to lock into the Civil War <laughs> no, stuff. No, but, but it's good stuff. Though. Yeah. Well, I start back, but people go, "Oh, you're a Civil War brewery. Where yours Robert E. Lee beer?" I'm like, no, "No, it's all about people that were here in our town." Like we've got beers named after Union generals and, and Union myths and Confederate myths. It's all just here in our town. So the conductor is one of the big, like probably the biggest story. I mean, the stories are the stories, but but it's, it's local. It's, I mean, it's local. Yeah, it's local, and that beer is just really smooth. Yeah. So that's why I love my original red. If people who follow Burn Hickory remember, the courageous conductor used to be called Bliss Blood. Oh. I just hated that name so much. But anyway, so it became the courageous conductor. So how'd you come up with the concept for Red Velvet, and what'd you end up doing um, to get that beer? Basically, um, at the time, I think it was Great Divide, or some brewery that was not here in town, but like Colorado, mm-hmm. um, had a raspberry porter. And mm. raspberry porter is kind of common. I'm thinking, okay, how can I dress it up a little bit? So basically, it's raspberry and cherry, a little bit of, uh, a tiny bit of vanilla in it. Mm-hmm. So like, you like, like, like a lactose, or? Mm-hmm. No, there's no lactose in it. It's, okay. just, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a high mash temp, a high mash temp. 
um, um, fermentation. Nice. With um, so it's a lot of body, a little vanilla to sweeten it up, and then it's cherries and raspberries for that. Oh, that's sexy. So it's a, it's a basically it's a fruited stout. Right. I mean, although but it's a porter. But my favorite, well, it's probably. But people argue with me about porters. They go, "How can it's too big to be a porter?" I'm like, "Well, okay." Well, hey, but you know what though? Forget them. Yeah, I because I, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, people are like, are you guys going to enter the GABF this year? I think all my beers will be disqualified because they're never in the right kind. You know, exact style and everything. Yeah, be like, you know, Cannon Dragon. That's not an IPA. That's a double IPA. I go, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Big Shanty. That's not a. If you had to tell what Big Shanty was, Big Shanty is an experimental spiced milk style. Right. <laughs> it's the, well, I guess I you call it a stout. Maybe right. call it an imperial stout, maybe. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's a dog way out. Well, not to get into the whole thing. Yeah, the way no, they I break all down the... I mean, the beers that do win are right on dead to style or excellent. It's just that some of our beers just don't fit into those categories. But, hey, but I think that's one of the things, reasons why I like you so much and like your brewery so much, because you don't give a damn about style. You kind of just do what works. Yeah, st- I mean, I understand style, but I want to work within that. It's right. like with music. I'm not going to say, you know... You know, I'm going to add, like, you know, a banjo to a thrash metal song, right? That, right. May, that may not work, but it may sound pretty cool. I'm not going to worry about what people say about the style. It's just the main thing is that it's good. I'm not going to put a beer out. I mean, you may not like it, but it's going to be a solid beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had some mistakes, but, you know, uh, there have been some that we, you come up, you know, and Crazy Conductor, like I said, I shopped it. Like, I made it as a homebrew for, like, three years before I went pro with it. So, so now, how long did you homebrew, man? About 20 years. I didn't really get serious until I figured out how to do it. I was back there in the days with the cans of the extract and the little oh, packets yeah. of yeast. The packets of hops. And you blend them together and all that stuff. But then, I don't know, maybe I'll... The Mr. Beer fig- kit. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, mean, I was 91. I started doing that. I got really into it. The name of my, brewer, my beer was Newt Sock. Sort of like Nutsack. Mm-hmm. Newt Sock. And my brewer was Boot Crock, like Butt Crack. Okay. That's funny. That's funny. But then, then I got... When I moved here to Georgia, it became kind of painfully obvious I couldn't get the beer I wanted here. Right. So I really stepped up my game. I got John Palmer's uh, book, which is The How to Brew, which mm-hmm. talks about doing the full boils, full match boils. Yes. And, you know, all grain and all that. So mm-hmm. if any homebrewers are listening... Not to say extracts aren't good, but please go to all grain as fast as, fast as you can because you will not believe how much better your beer will be. And it's just such a simple science to go to all grain. It's just doing it. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's an investment. It's Oh, yeah, it's an investment. <laughs> but, I mean, but you can do it. You can build a lot of stuff on your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but there's no people come up and go, oh, my beer is just as good as so-and-so. And I go like, hey, your beer should be better than mine. You make five gallons of it. It's like you've got all the resources out there now. If you're a home brewer, you've got uh, – you, you you, you, you've got as, mm-hmm. know, 80 to 100 strains of yeast, hundreds of varieties yeah. of hops, different types of grains. There's homebrew stores all over the place. And if not, you can order off the web. Mm-hmm. You know, all you pretty much need is the time and the place. And right. not, not There's instructional a, videos online. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I always say, you know, hey, if it's not good, just blend it with Miller Lite. Fair enough. <laughs> That's the show. Got but somebody says, my beer's all flat. And I'm like, hey, look, go buy some Miller Lite and just add to it. Some fl- so, I mean, don't give it to anybody saying it's your beer, but... It may not be good, but at least get you drunk. There you go. And not hey, that I condone getting drunk with beer. Well, of course, I can keep in mind on beer. It is here on the CSPN Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn. Here with my man, Scott Edburn Hickory. Remember, over 21 only if you're going to be drinking. Yes, and imbibe, imbibe safely. I haven't been drinking, actually, but once it's imbibe or participate safely or have a designated driver. Or, right. Do I, mean, no, we, you know, I get into that take care of yourself. argument like about, you know, we have a lot of high-gravity beers and people are like, you know, I'm not in the business of making malt liquor. I mean, you add any type of ingredient to a beer, the yeast is going to eat it up and your, your ABV is going to shoot up real fast. Right. It's very, you could be over 6% in no time. Right. So, so a lot of people are like, oh, you guys make nothing but big beers. I'm like, 
I really don't mean to make a big beer. I'm just going for the flavor. A lot of people are surprised by the alcohol level because they really don't taste. Well, big shanty people are like thinking it's like five percent. I'm like, no, no, it's nine percent. Yeah. And but you guys sell it in four packs. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Oh. Yeah, yeah, or we'll sell it bomb or something. Bomb, yeah, we don't. yeah. Yeah, we're not doing king cans out of it. No, I mean because that would just get people. But but it's such a good beer. Yeah, thanks. It's um, really I'm and I don't again. I'm not just saying because you're sitting here. Yeah. Like I, you know, you want my rate beer? You want us stuff like you'll see. I yeah, speak yeah. highly of it. Like um. The graham cracker stuff. How'd you come up with that, man? And how'd you get it to where it is? Same kind of deal. Same kind of deal. Um, um, I wanted to have a beer that I couldn't get in Georgia. I really like Terrapins Wake and Bake a lot, mm-hmm. but they only put it out once a year. So right. I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know what? I'm going to try and make my own version of it. How do I beef it up a little bit? Mm-hmm. Without cloning it, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's a basic stout. Basic stout that that we do a little. We raise the mash temperature. Let me get a little bit more body, and then we'll use graham cracker. Mm. And a little touch of it, like actual graham cracker, graham yeah. cracker, and cinnamon into it. Nice. Just just enough to give it that kind of oatmeal cookie raisin smell, but it's graham cracker. So it's, I mean, and you know, it just kind of rolls off your tongue, graham cracker stout. Yeah. So I mean, it feels good. Yeah, it, it's good. So I mean, and, and it's a, it's not, it's it's not that expensive to make. It's funny, I can go buy the graham cracker crumbs by. You know, I actually went out back. I got these ills living in a tree behind the back. <laughs> it's like, you know, keep making them graham crackers, bitch. But, <laughs> get I mean, it right. Yeah, get it right. Get it right. Else? Get it tight. And so, yeah, so, but I get, like, you know, you can buy, like, 50-pound sacks of graham cracker crumbs. That's what we, and we actually put it right in the boil, let it settle out, it got some flavor to it, so. That's a beautiful thing. And just being able to do that and being able to have so much autonomy over what you do. That's true. If you're the owner of the business, there's nobody going to walk in the door and tell me, here's what I need you to do tomorrow. I mean, sometimes it's dedicated. I'll dedicate it based on, like, I'll talk to my distributor and say, okay, what do you guys need out there more? That'll, that will be the only thing that would change what beer we brew, when we brew, just because we need to get it, get it out. Yeah. The charred walls of the dam didn't happen this year because we were in the middle of digits mania, and we didn't really have time. That beer caught off so well, man. Yeah, and, it, we're, and it's back. It'll be back in February. It's really a, a, sp- a spring, summer seasonal. Mm-hmm. But we had to sit there. We kind of missed the window where we would like to have made charred walls oh. and um, have it turn out exactly, so we kind of pushed it off. Because we knew we had Noggin Knocker coming, Crazy's Conductor uh, coming down the coming down the pipe, so we wanted to make sure that you know we took so charred walls, and we're actually going to be at this Decibel Metal Festival in the, in the April. Yeah, I saw you talking with about the that, dudes man. with the dudes from Charred Walls and the Dam, so we'll have it definitely by then to take. So yeah, we'll I mean, to- and because like I, I still have my 2015 of that still. Well, I bought two. I bought one. I drank it. Took it to a bottle share. People like lapped it up like yeah, it's a good crazy beer. bourbon barrel aged quad. Yes, and it just it blew people's minds. Um, I was at a bar- I was at a bottle share up near Southern Tier. I was up in New York, sure. took it up there, and people just went ape shit for it. So I wanted to tell you that. But the other thing, so I got one. I'm still holding. I guess I had to hold it a little longer agent. now. I say agent because it's just we have. I have maybe four bottles left of the 2011 version. Oh my god! I can I, imagine. How I, I, I don't even know. I don't want to open them. I don't know what to think about them. Because well, we had two versions that year. We had a brandy barrel one and a whiskey barrel one. Oh my goodness! So now we just make the whiskey version. So there's a brandy variant that's like there's only like maybe two bottles. I've got stashed somewhere in the world. Yeah. No, I've got, that I got you. Have no. If anybody has some of those, bring them back. <laughs> They're no good. Bring them back. We'll exchange them for uh, Bud Light. All I the mean, Bud Light you want. Yeah, all the Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> Bud Light. See, I'm helping, I'm helping out Bud Light. There you Light. go. Yeah. You're being nice. And Bev and yeah, all those like guys. Yeah, there's some Budweiser beer that came out today everybody's going crazy for. Are you serious? Yeah, it's called like Goose Poop or something. Or... Oh, Cold World. Sorry. Yeah, I heard. Um, yeah, it's a little no, I, I love Goose Island. I'm from Chicago. I've been drinking Goose Island for a long time. I think Bourbon Barrel, I think they've done it right. You know, they did. I mean, they did what they had to do. I think, they yeah. had the, I think Goose Island had the vision that breweries like me, my small breweries, 
are going to start to infiltrate and start eat up the bigger breweries' footprint. So for Goose Island to really make a major push, they had to go to Budweiser. Yeah, they had to do what they had to do. You know, I mean, and, I don't blame you. know what? And obviously, Bud- Budweiser, if you're listening, I'll take a check. You got a good deal on Burn Hickory. <laughs> hey, people like money. But what I will say oh, about... Yeah, I got a Mercedes already picked out. What I will say about the Burnt Hickory stuff from this... This is not the Burnt Hickory The um, Goose Island Bourbon County series from this year... The actual original, it was a little thin. It still tastes good. It was a little thin. It didn't have, like, the viscosity. Like, when oh. you swirl it, it didn't stain It didn't stain the glass like it used to. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's oh, a little, Well, they make the demand for it. What happens when you make the demand? You have a tendency. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, but, they're, but they're putting it in so many places. So, yeah. I, no, it's a great thing. I don't want to hate on them. It's, it's, I mean, it's nitpicky. Actually, if anything, I'm kind of hating on more of the beer geeks. They get, they get excited about it. I remember when the beer used to come out. It wasn't a big deal. It was like, oh, that'd be big. I remember KBS first came to the market here. Oh, yeah. I went and bought, I went to Sherlock's and bought a case of it. It had been on the, it had been on the shelf for like a week and a half. Right. I bought a whole case of it. And now it's like, what? What? So I'm kind of like, all these geeks had to come ruin all the free beer, all the good beer I could get. Well, it, it, it makes it harder. Well, I love you, geeks. Keep coming to Burn Hickory and buying our rare beers and trading them. And that's something I actually do. A noggin knocker is worth at least a, a four-pack of very fresh heady. Or oh, trillium. not the heady topper. Fair enough. Ooh, trillium. That's, that's all I'm do. We'll put that on our bottles. Exchange rate on the beer market, you know. <laughs> This battle's worth at least blank, blank, blank. Or you know what? Get, though? No, get no less than blank number of bottles of Pliny for this. And you know what though? That actually might be some money. That. But speaking of Pliny, you know, you're you like this. Mm, I, I got a plan. Hey, you know what? It's because as much as the trading game is, that actually might be an interesting. Hey, I'm just happy my beer wants to be traded. I mean, I there's some people have some problems with people, you know, getting extra cash. I'm just happy. You know, maybe it would be a bigger deal if someone's selling a bottle, one of my bottles, for like 400 bucks. You know, I'd be like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll sell it to you for 399 <laughs> But I don't do that. But I just like, I mean, I think it, I'm being all honest with the geek stuff like that. I, the geek, you know, it's funny to our me. Bread, yeah. They're our bread and butter. I, I know it. These wax bottles we put, these limited ones. We, they're, they're, and I love the geeks that come up here. They make the trip to it, you know, trip to come up here and actually get the beer and enjoy it. And you know what? I'm a beer geek, too. It's like another Star Trek fan yeah, making fun of a Star Wars fan. Right, right. I mean, it's all the same. I mean, so, yeah. so which one, what, what would you say is the... Is it the beer geeks or is it to keep the lights on beer? Because, okay, and I say this because, well, I'm in the brew, Seawater, right? They have the 420. And you can buy that beer pretty much in 40 states, I think, now. Yeah. And on planes to Japan. Um, I mean, and here's the thing about Sweetwater. And the thing about Goose Island, they started very small. Yeah. I, I got to hand Sweetwater a lot of credit. Um, not only not only I'm good friends with Nick, the head brewer. Nick's good people, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a long story. I've known him for like 30 years, but that's another story. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, it's like, <laughs> for yeah, another day, right? It's nothing to do with beer either. It's nothing to do with rock and roll. But anyway, so... Um, um, Nick's a shredder. Sweet, sweet Water opened a brewery when there was even no chance of the laws changing. Now mm-hmm. they see all these little breweries opening up. You know, I think that what helps us is seeing, you know, the, the lawmakers see how Sweetwater did it. Yeah. You know, they're looking at, well, you know, who knows that Burn Hickory could be the next Sweetwater. Right, or, right. Uh, you know, uh, Abbey of the Holy Goats could be the next Sweetwater. We mm-hmm. have all that. That's a lot of tax money. That's a lot of beer sales. Right. So, and that brings people to Georgia. So, mm-hmm. I think Sweetwater went into it, like, I don't know, 18 years ago, 19 yeah, years ago. Yeah. They went into it, and there was no no precedent. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been Red Brick. They were chugging along. There have been a couple yeah. other breweries that opened the it. Dogwood and Yeah, yeah all that. But, but yeah. then, you know, they didn't make it, and it's like Sweetwater kept doing it. And there was an alcohol cap. You weren't allowed to make skins. Well, it's 6%, right? We were bringing it all back around to the alcohol. No, only one of our beers would be illegal in the state of Georgia. It was pre-cap. Wow. Sweetwater set up a whole line of beers, brands, mm-hmm. um, that were all under 6%. Wow. So and, that, that, was, to, that was marvelous. From the and day. we're able to make it and, and live and thrive in the state. Even now, that's still behind 
the times, like with Mississippi actually being able to buy more beer, Alabama, you think oh, yeah, about we're that. the last day. Yeah. When I opened the, when I opened this brewery f- almost five years ago, I thought to myself, you know, I gotta be stupid to open a brewery in the state knowing how bad the laws are, but at the time there were ten states that did, was still didn't allow direct sales. I said, There's no way. No way in hell Georgia's <laughs> gonna be the last state. And yet, sure. And I'm like, uh, you know, Here GD, we are. Like, if it ain't us, you know, it is. somebody had to be last and like Oh, great, it's Georgia. You know, I mean, it really, I mean, it does hurt us because days like this when we have these special events, we'll see a lot of, that brings capital in the door. Right. you got to have money to make beer, you got to beer to make money, and I ship every drop out the door, my, my distributor writes me a check. The check has to be processed, comes in the mail, I get it, and then, you know, i got to keep the, the flow going, pardon the pun, but mm-hmm. little things like, you know, money on hand to pay the rent or electric bill or the keg wa- the keg washer needs a part. Right. You know? Or little things like making payroll. Yeah. Knock, knock on stainless steel. I never well, missed a payroll. Pay well, don't ever. pay Butter, though. The rest of the guys you can pay him. Butter, no, he pays. His parents pay me to watch him. Oh, well, it's yeah. True, well, yeah. he should because, yeah. you know, he, he needs a babysitting. Although, I will say. He is a baby gorilla. Oh, I will say that this Butter's Revenge that he's got going on here is excellent. Tell me about this beer. Yes. It's, it's, oh, oh, okay. It's just a one-off, one sixth today. It is basically I was. Um, it's barrel-aged Kolbs that I was at the supermarket, and I saw they had an extra McCormick uh, uh, extract, vanilla butternut extract. So, so I'm like, so I put butter it on, in. Yeah, I put it. I put it on Instagram, going, I don't want to know what butternut tastes like, but it turns out it's okay. So I put a little bit of maple syrup in it too. So it's a maple cupcake barrel-aged. It's just a. It's basically a cask. We give it a funny it's name. It's beautiful, revenge, man. Yeah, revenge, revenge, butter's revenge. So, and, and I, if you don't know butter, butternut's our tasting room op, uh, operator who is kind of a, a legend in his own mind. He is, but he's a good dude. He means well. Yeah, and bless his heart. But um, and I can actually get help. I get I get dis- discounts from the government for hiring. You know, yeah, special needs people like butter. People like that need jobs. Yeah, yeah. he does. You know. No, he has a special he, need. He's like, he's got this problem. It's called lazy. <laughs> Well, Actually, it's either that or you work at Goodwill, right? Yeah, no, well, yeah, no, or, or, or you know, no, yeah, or you work at, yeah, no. He's a diagnosed. Actually, he's just been named a, pers- a poster boy. Poster boy for birth control. <laughs> I'm not saying he had a hard life, but his, growing up, his favorite ba- his favorite bath toys were electric toaster and electric radio. <laughs> uh, he was born. The doctor slapped his mother. Oh, bless his heart. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you're like, where's my drum roll? Right, da bum. But so. from there, by the way, guys, this is who Beard is on the CSP Network. My name is Tobias. We want to name one of our key is Beard. It is. You can find us each and every week on Monday mornings on the CSP Network. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other places you can find Beardcast for absolutely free. I'm glad to be back. We got a lot of feedback. I got a lot of feedback from my Jason Split show a couple months ago. So. Oh, really? Tell me about that. Yeah. Not just people saying we heard you because on your show, that yeah, yeah. Heard people mm, yes. heard that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, my proclaiming my love for Jason. Oh, I, man. Well, both you guys are so kind and I so different. On, yeah, I came out of that. I came on there like, I love you, Jason. Jason, if you're listening, I still love you and you know, we know you have our bottle labeler, so please get it back to us. <laughs> I'm actually, the funny thing is, I'm actually going by there m- Sunday. Because they, they have a little bottle release okay, going. Sure, yeah. Sure. yeah, go check those guys that out, man. Some, that makes some money. We all need to make some money. Man, look. I, no matter how big the brewery is, they need to make money. Look, man, and, and I always tell people, man, like, I love, I started the podcast because I love beer, and I've been able to really meet a lot of you guys, and I'm really thankful for it. Yeah, and Jason's just one of those good people. Good guy. I'm glad, I'm glad he's a, I'm glad he's one of my peers. He, I mean, I think he gets money. Money's so important. Yeah, of course. You gotta have money. I mean, you know, the only, there's two green things in brewing, hops and money. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have money to buy the hops. So, making money's good because it keeps the lights on and keeps Indeed. you making more. But, you have to realize when that stops and when you should not lose focus in why you got into brewing. And, you know, you know, there's plenty of breweries out there making beer for the masses. We need more yeah. breweries that are 
kind of doing what Dogfish Head did, like, in the 90s. Just not really just go with their gut with the beers they want to make. Yeah. You know, and so I think that Jason puts out a lot of really cool beers. You know, I always make a joke that, you know, he names his beers after the Greek. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're going to have one, too. It's going to be called Testicles. <laughs> it's a blue It's a blue show. You got to take it. A lot of balls to make that beer. Yeah, testicles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like real funny, Scott. Oh yeah, that's yeah, with the glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah God, yeah. I love it. But I'm gonna say, man, and that dude is like, what? I, what I appreciate is people like him who are like passionate about yeah. the barrel well, aging like and, and all like that stuff. That, yeah. You know? And you can tell when you meet some, you meet a brewer who's like into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like the trend now is just kind of like, well, gosh, I can go buy, I get some financiers. Um, uh, I guess you know, get some money behind me, buy some tanks, and crank out an IPA of du jour, right. and it, it'll you know brew it, and they will come, kind of thing. And it's, yeah, it, that's going to end. It will. There's it will. a bubble, and the people who are going to survive are the ones with the loyal fan bases. You find so many breweries that are opening that people are kind of huh? There's another brewery, huh? You know, any good? Yeah, you know that. Yeah, it, you got, you're going to have to be good. And I'm telling. I mean, that's why I tell anybody who wants to open a brewery is like. Hey, you know, if an IPA is your mainstay or like a session is your mainstay, come right out you the gate. You make it. It's like, you got to, you got to, I mean, get, make sure it's, well, that being said, it could be a session or an IPA. It better be a really, really good right. one because there's a lot of them out there that blend in. Mm-hmm. And you got to have a little bit of, you know, panache, I guess, yeah. you know, with your presentation and your marketing and the way you conduct yourself. I mean, it's so many different things. It's labeling, it's the beer, it's a lot of different factors. So, Going off that, um, other than other than Jason at Orpheus, shout out to them. Who in Georgia are you drinking? Um, uh, gosh, I know it's. A I know I drink everything. We have a we have a neighbor just opened up Dry County. Yeah, I enjoyed some of the South Street Sinclair. Yeah, people. they're yeah. good. Um, I definitely go if I have. I definitely go with anything from Creature Conference. Those guys make yeah. some great beers. Salute and really, them. very good. Really good uh, for us. Um, I'm really been enjoying uh, the Three Taverns has made some really good beers lately. Oh yeah, I mean they really the urine over there, man. They're they're coming the Belgian in there. style. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really good. Um, I Wild Heaven. We have a really close uh, relationship with Nick and Eric there. Yeah. I drink some of that. Um, I'm actually kind of down behind and like I haven't had like any. I've had, have you ever had Scofflaw? Yeah, I have. I was gonna say I've had Scofflaw. I really yeah. like like that. We got along with those guys real well. Uh, Travis, over Savannah, there. yeah, no yeah. Savannah Craft Beer Festival. We got a little hammered. Oh yeah, yeah. So we were doing that. <laughs> actually, there's a, there's actually a picture of me, Travis, and Jason like holding each other. Oh my goodness. I don't know where that picture is, and maybe he got the. <laughs> I had to find it for the show, but yeah. But um, I like, but you know, I haven't really had like Left Nut that's in Gainesville or a Buy that's in Noonan or Abbey the Holy Ghost. I haven't had any of their beer yet. Um, Abbey the Holy Goats. Um, I actually am going up there tomorrow. Cool. Um, I've had some the, the, Gate City, but not a lot. The, the woman who owns it, really cool. Okay, cool story about her. Um, she was either going to be a nun or a brewer. And she happened to be, we talked about uh, earlier, Brickstore Pub. Yeah, okay. She was at Brickstore Pub, and she had some beer. She's like, screw this nunnery. I'm going to brew beer. Well, that's what happened. She, she couldn't be, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> she's like, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna say either be a brewer or a nun. You, get, you can't get laid either way. Yeah, right, exactly. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah. But yeah, so that's what happened. So she decided to brew beer, and she's got some really cool Belgian style yeah, that's stuff. Cool. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Um, I mean, I'm excited. This is an exciting time for beer in Georgia. It's it, it, we just have these laws changed. I know. I mean, we. I mean, I bet you in Colorado right now, a brewery opens since we've been talking. Yeah, that's <laughs> how it's so bad. much easier. Yeah. So, easy, so easy. And like, I heard the story that Holy City, and I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but Holy City is what I heard was mm-hmm. that they once they got the law changed in South Carolina, they made enough money in their tasting room to buy a bottler, a small bottler, and a small can. Oh, I can believe it. I can believe it. Like, to me, the, the law changing would be. I have a money tree out back. It's very. It's very small. It's, a, it's more like a money shrub, right? If I had this law changed, that would turn into a money forest. Right. 
I think about how many people you can hire with uh, that. Well, I have to. We start selling, and we have to do this, expansion. I mean, I mean, think about it. I'd even, like, look here in the next couple. The law changes where I can actually do direct sales mm-hmm. to some level. I would uh, expand. I'm talking with my landlord right now. I'm going into another building there. I'm even talking to, like... You know, the city here about getting a whole other building. Wow! Like, and that would mean like we. That would be so much for the city. We bring in tanks. We bring in some more tanks. Yeah. Just to see, if we can actually be a little bit more, less anemic on the cash flow side. Mm-hmm. And that's important. And and I really don't want to go after too many handouts from investors, right? Because the investors are going to want something back eventually. Yeah. And I don't. Really that's going to change the quality of your beer. Well, and... they're going to want no. They're going to want a check. Yeah. And I'm going like just going. Uh, you know, like you know, I don't. I mean, I, I know I need some. I mean, I've looked at, you know, the different types of, you know, lines of credits like that. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, just hold, you know, I won't need a line of credit if this law changes. I'll have, I'll have, I'll have money. And that's something that... Or available cash. i tell you what, people about it, listen, if you listen to Beard is on the CSP Network, my name is Tobias Wilborn. Fortunately, listeners around the country, but particularly my Georgia-based listeners, this is very important. You guys need to call your local yeah. people. And I don't know what the actual word is now. So I know we're, we're, I know there's a draft going on right now mm-hmm. of the bill that we want to put through this year. Yeah. I think with Mississippi uh, making a deal with the wholesalers, the craft brewers there making a deal, it puts a little bit more pressure on Georgia. That now we're the only state that doesn't allow direct sales. Right. So it puts a little bit more pressure, and I think that we have a good chance. I mean, I would. I, I would hope like so, to, man. I would like to think that they would have to have a look at this. That craft beer is not going away. Right. It's a legitimate business that brings people to the state. That yeah. brings people actually go on tour. They come. I mean, what we're seeing is what craft beer. Well, cra- what what wine? What the sixties and the seventies wine took off in Northern California. Well, like for instance, turned like, Napa Valley into a into a, des- a tourist destination. Well, for instance, like you had a good friend of mine, Hot Spot ATL has the tours, and he came by oh, here. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, that's why I got to sit together in beer because um, so many of us. But um, what you the brothers? Oh, the brothers, brothers, yeah, the brothers. But um, like the hot ale Sharpton. Yeah, exactly. So and it was his like, brother Lamont and Lamont, and then we got my man Jason who runs Hotspot. And, oh yeah, 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 I know you're Jason yeah. So yeah, so he came by last week for one of your tours, and again, that's what I'm saying. Like he literally got people on a van, no. took them to dry county, you know, spot, and, and I've had some discussions, discussions with people about the African American craft beer drinkers where. Ten years ago, it was a bunch of fat guys sitting yeah. around drinking craft beer. Yeah. Now we're seeing women, we're seeing African Americans. African Americans, there's a lot of African Americans in Atlanta with, with money. Right. I mean, with money, not just African American black money. I'm talking money, money on the level of anybody, like J.P. Rockefeller money. Yeah, yeah. And there's really not a there's there's more and more African Americans that are coming into it, which is a great because it's it's. It's opening so many more demographics for craft beer. I think people are starting to realize, I think, you know, we have a whole generation of people out there that never had to deal with drinking like Heilemans or, or mm, you know, or mm. now we're, you know, we, you know, maybe your dad growing up, he drank beer, you know, the, the, the beer people marketed malt liquor toward right. black America. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know who these people came up with stuff. Do you remember Cool Colt? Yes. It was menthol-flavored Colt 45? Yes, I do. God. Ugh. What the? You know, Crazy Horse or Saint I. I mean, I drank yeah, all that same. stuff because it, got, it was cheap and it, and it was easy. And it got you where you want to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they marketed toward toward African-Americans. Right. And so, so now I think that little bit that's lightened up and where you're seeing, especially here in Atlanta, a lot of communities where, you know, T- Magic Johnson opened up a TGI Fridays there at mm-hmm. Greenbrier. Yeah. You're seeing, like, a Starbucks opening, like, in a predominantly black neighborhood. You're, there are people are understanding that there's money there, there's legitimate money. Right. Well, you know the only color that matters in this country is it's green, green right? Yep. And so what they're seeing is now craft beer, which has been seen before as being something, oh, we, I don't, that's too much money, whatever. Now we have a whole generation of drinkers, you know, all colors, and, and all colors, genders, I mean, but that are like, that's the norm. Well, one of the things I, I mentioned, and I get through taverns, a lot of, them, a lot of, a lot of love on this podcast. Shout out to Nick Purcell, shout out to Urine 
over there doing their thing. Brian Purcell. Brian Purcell, excuse me. Brian Purcell. Nick Purdy. And Nick, yeah, Nick Purdy at Wild. You say Nick, Nick's got a Purdy mouth. He does. He's pretty. Purdy mouth. He's Nick a Purdy, Purdy mouth. Yeah. But anyway, so shout out to my man Brian. Shout out to Urine. And one of the reasons why I get him out of props because okay, there's a sports bar. You're probably familiar with it, Dugans. Yeah. On Ponds. Yeah. Sure. Right there by yeah. the Claremont. Exactly. Right by the Claremont. And let's just say this place is not exactly a bastion of craft beer. But the number one selling beer in that place is the Nine on Ponds. It has to be. You have to be stupid not to. I, I, I have that argument sometimes here with some of these brewers, like local bars that are around me. Yeah. Like, it would be like, hey, if you opened up a baseball memorabilia shop right next to Turner Field, well, not now, but right yeah, next yeah, to it, yeah. and you don't stock Braves, <laughs> cards, yeah. whatever, you'd be stupid. So if, yeah. you're open, if there's a beer called Nine on Ponds and you have a bar on Ponds, Ponds. that's like no-brainer. Right. We actually did a we did a collab for our festival earlier this year. Them called Night on Moon Station. Oh yeah, because we're on Moon Station Road, mm-hmm. so that's kind of oh butter. Were your ears burning, ladies and gentlemen? Butter's walking by. There he is, the man, the legend, the myth. Uh, butter's off today. What happened, Butter? You're off today? No, I'm just kidding. Oh yeah, no. What are you on? When, when they're uh, when they're on the news team and they're like, uh, but Butter has the weekend off. Oh yeah, I'm I'm so and so standing in for Butter as the week, who's actually in alcohol rehab. <laughs> All right, well, okay, whatever. Goodbye. Bye. Back to work, damn it. Bye. People, yeah, I know, but oh, that, is that thing on? Yeah, no, it's okay. we'll, 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 yeah anyway, yes, yeah. You want to wrap up? Yeah, let's, let's wrap up because I know we got okay, it. Yeah, so, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Remember, drink Georgia, drink craft beer from Georgia. I mean, that's really true. I'm a big believer in you don't have to drink. Not that I'm saying don't drink Founders or Bells, yeah. they make great beers, but right now we have enough breweries in this state that will give you a style of beer that's just as good, if not, not better than the ones that you would get from other states. And it's local, you're helping local business. You know, they always say local water, buy, local material. Well, not local, local well, materials come from all, but local. Yeah. Ooh, actually, pretty good burp there. Actually. Yeah, there you so, go. Ooh, tastes like Cole's Farm. Um, they, um, that's totally disgusting. No, but no, I'm talking local, made here locally, fresh local. We're local people making it. Yeah, and it's and it's the way things were before prohibition. You didn't get beer for if you lived in Georgia, you didn't get beer from Chicago. Right. You got beer from the how many breweries that were in downtown Atlanta that all went out of business because the government. Banned. Can you imagine that? Yeah. There was the government banned people making money legally. The li- they banned beer. Like you couldn't drink beer. Like beer was like like. I mean, we lived that. So yeah. And that was. I don't know. Hundred only a hundred years ago. Right. And but you know, there's so many. Well, there's whole, so, you know what? Right now, but that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Listen, guys. I mean, listen. I'd vote for Mickey Mouse if he changed the beer laws. Well, yeah, I agree with that. Unfortunately. Anyway, but guys, listen. Yeah. We're, we're, I can talk to Scott Hedin all day, yeah. all night, and I love this dude. I like to talk to you too. I love. Hey, man, listen. Here it is, CSPN Holiday Edition, and we're out. <laughs>